0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking free agency headlines on Roto-Viz Radio. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners here at roto ready to talk some free agency, do a rapid fire rookie mock. And Curtis, that's because we have a very special guest tonight. I know you're fired up for this episode. I am, as always. How are you doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, this has been an awesome, awesome day. Uh, to react to things. just like the dialogue in my own head, uh, as I've been following the timeline, following all the big beats coming off of last week, I didn't know how we'd beat it, but I mean, between we haven't even had a chance to talk Tom Brady yet, Dave, there's so much that's been going on. Um, and there's still a a few really big free agent cards that will fall over the course of the week, but we want to react to what's already happened. And we've got our friend, Matt Kelly, Matt Kelly, a player profiler.com. Uh, owner, and emperor of all things, Roto Underworld Universe. He's built it into an absolute colossus. Back in the day, Matt used to attend scouting events. Now he's sending his own minions to the scouting events, and they bring the feedback to him. That's it's right. It's the father. It's Matt Kelly. Matt, welcome to the show.
3: The all-powerful one. That's right. Thank you for having me on, guys. Love Rotoviz. This is great. We're gonna get into it. I'm excited.
2: Yeah, this is gonna be awesome. Uh, lots of shared processes and, and overlap. Data rich sites, data driven analysis, um, and, and you know maybe some slightly different approaches. You know, Matt, if you're not following what they're doing at PlayerProfiler.com, he's really built out an impressive content engine. He's got um, guys doing uh, you know database work for him. They've got their tools that they continue to build out. And lots and lots of great shows, even, you know, as, as we often lament at Rotoviz, our guys going on to bigger and better things. Matt has even um, seen some guys go on to, to bigger and better things off of his brand and even hired some full-time guys. So it's really exciting. If, if you want to check out another analysis uh, and, and data-driven site, check out playerprofiler.com. But Dave, you know what that drop is? Absolutely do, sir. It's the drop for the FFPC stat attack tonight. And we have to get into James Conner. James Conner was the, this is the stat attack tonight, was the RB5 last year. James freaking Conner in the year of our Lord 2021 was the RB5. He had six top 12 weeks, 10 top 24 weeks. He had 200 and a half expected PPR fantasy points. But with a very robust 56.3 fantasy points over expectation, James Conner was an absolute smash in best ball and redraft, dynasty sash, all of the above, checking all the boxes, just scorched the earth. Of course, he will be uh, heavily factored into your plans as a mid to late digit round uh, draft pick in best ball. While you can get them there this week over on myffpc.com, you can play their never too early best ball tournament. You can uh, adopt a dynasty orphan. Now, if you've been shopping on their website for dynasty orphan to adopt and Connor hasn't been popping off the pages at you, he certainly will be today back in Arizona. Uh, those teams are a little bit more attractive. So check out everything they've got going on. That's myffpc.com. Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about Connor as we uh, transition into the uh, content for tonight's episode.
1: Yeah. Well, you touched upon a lot of the phenomenal things that he did last year. I'm just going to quickly leave us with the fact that last year, 10 top 24 weeks, six top 12 weeks, um, and uh, sixth in fantasy points over expectation per game. But this all comes in light of the fact that we have some headlines that we need to hit that will impact him as well. So let's get right to that drop because we need to mention now that uh, Chase Edmonds will be in Miami. So I want to get Manchin's take on what this means for James Conner, what he thinks of him returning the signing by Arizona and how he's feeling. Let's talk about uh, Conner first, then we'll get into Edmonds.
3: Conner had great stats, except uh, like true yards per carry, 3.6. Juke rate evaded tackles per touch outside the top 25 yards created per touch. I mean, this guy, this guy living on touchdowns, 18 touchdowns, 18. He's not going to repeat that. I mean, I can't believe Arizona fell for it. They paid James Conner twice as much money as the dolphins paid chase Edmonds. And they're paying for that 7.5% touchdown rate, which is never going to be seen again. This is a guy that consistently gives you 700 yards, right? And his lowest yards per carry of his career. He's never had a thousand yard season. He's had a litany of lower body injuries. He's going to be 27 years old. This is the quintessential dead zone running back. If you built a dead zone running back in a lab, because he's going to get all the touches, all the carries, huge workload, right? Fourth round pick. He's this year's Chris Carson, run and hide.
2: Well, that's quite interesting because I, I thought James Connor scored all of those touchdowns on his own. I didn't think it had anything to do with the role. I thought he earned all of them. Um, we've got we've got some of Matt's fans here. We got Cody uh, says, "Bang, bang, bang!" And the, oh, and I like this comment. We won't dig into this tonight, but we can get into this too and in, in, into this in a Dynasty episode uh, upcoming. Somebody says it's Josh Moore says it's Eno season.
3: That's not even a Uh, dynasty take, man.
2: Yeah, Eno Benjamin, baby. You're
3: you're in a best ball. You're FFPC, any kind of deep league. Hell yeah, you want Eno Benjamin, baby, in those double digit rounds. I mean, there's going to be RotoViz articles, zero RB articles, where Eno Benjamin is featured. Wait for it.
2: Yeah, they've they've already been written. They've already <laughs> been written. Probably, man. They'll probably just right be dust themselves. it off, <laughs> dust it off, and reused. This guy um, is it, like
3: he's like a Duke Johnson level talent. Oh yeah. This it's perfect. It's they're gonna unlock him. You know that James Conner is gonna either uh, have to cede touches to him, or he's gonna break down. You can see it coming from. I, I mean, I can't believe they fell for it. I can't believe they fell for the touchdowns. I can't. I can. I can believe it. They don't have any money, and now Kyler Murray wants to hold them hostage, and they're going to use that money on a running back. Hmm. Wow!
2: Maybe maybe they have wildcat in the plans.
3: Wow! Wow! (laughs) Awful real life and awful draft pick if you take him in the fourth round. But I love it though. See, I shake my head, knowing that you know sort of an undeserving player is going to get all the touches, and it just it kind of it it I just fundamentally that just doesn't sit well with me but it is going to be this glaring landmine that you know someone's going to eat in every draft you're in
4: and that's that's that's,
3: that's, that's a that's a good feeling you know that that you're sitting out there in in the harbor and you know boom someone's going to run into it in every draft and you you just don't have to draft him let someone else have him Podfather
2: says, steer clear, James Connor. I do want to get his take on Chase Edmonds, the other side of this backfield splitting up. But first, Cody. Uh, Cody and I are going to be playing a little flag football in Canton this August. Uh, There's a, there a fantasy analyst super team that has been built behind the scenes. And Cody is going to be our center. I'm going to be peppering him with targets 8 to 12 yards deep when I'm not throwing the ball all the way down the field. I can't wait. It's going to be really fun. Oh, he's an uh, so, athlete. Oh, he, yeah. He, he's a, I, I'm just going to be, you know, racking up uh, statistics like uh, a Purdue-level Drew Brees, just dumping it off, uh, you know, high completion percentage, letting the athletes do the work. Uh, but if, if you uh, are unfamiliar with the Fantasy Football Expo, that is a growing event. It really kind of exploded. I think people really wanted to hang out, uh, especially last year after the pandemic limited uh, that, that function back in 2020. So if, if you're not familiar with it, you can check out uh, FF Expo, I believe is the Twitter handle, but it's a, a gathering in August in Canton on Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, should be a, a lot of fun. We'll be going back there again this year. But uh, Matt, what's your take on Chase Edmonds to Miami?
3: Love him. Loved him last year. Loved him the year before. Every time this guy gets a full workload, he's an RB1 in fantasy football. He was the RB1 in all of fantasy football. In that one game a couple of years ago against New Orleans where he was thrust into the starting role. Now he goes to Miami that has a barren depth chart. They had to turn to Duke Johnson, a journeyman. This guy's like a better version of Duke Johnson. He's electric and he's healthy. What's not to like? They got a they bargain. This is what you do. If you are an NFL general manager, you're out here hunting for running backs in their prime with all-purpose skill sets that are undervalued because they were day three picks, went to small schools, got injured last year. And Chase Edmonds is all of those things, right? It's just perfect. So Miami's front office is still analytics-driven, apparently, more than Arizona's. So this is where you want to spend your capital in fantasy football. If you have an opportunity to get... James Conner in the fourth round of a best ball draft or Chase Edmonds in the eighth round or seventh round, you go Chase Edmonds.
2: Chase Edmonds with a 13% target uh, team target percentage RB eight at the uh, position uh, last year in that co- category last year. Dave, anything you want to add on Edmonds or you want to get us into the next player?
1: I mean, I, I, guess I would just say that, um, you know, I think the, the view for Edmonds should be a lot more exciting than what people saw, uh, with miles Gaskin returning. I think one of the things you have to look at was Gaskin was nine in overall targets, Last year, still twenty six in EP per game, uh, which could perhaps go up if you had a player that was more able to deliver when actually being used. You also had twenty four percent of Gaskins' weeks last year turning into RB one performances. At man, as Manchin said this is a very explosive player. I think that we could easily see that number shoot up with some of the things that he's able to do. Uh, I do want to touch though on. Um, let's see who were the other two players. Oh, we, we got to get into Mitchell Trubisky to the Steelers here before oh, we yeah. kick over to the Woo! mock. Um, I mean, I think this is actually pretty big news, which is why this was one of the stories I originally wanted to lead off with mansion. Why don't you break this down for us?
3: Listen, of all the types of fantasy formats out there, right? Best ball, seasonal dynasty, super flex. Okay. For super flex drafts, there's no bigger signing. This is gigantic. If you were someone that was had the foresight to realize, oh wait, Mitchell Trubisky was a top ten pick. He was drafted before Patrick Mahomes, before Deshaun Watson. Inappropriately, obviously, but why? Because he's an athlete with great arm talent, and he had one of the worst supporting casts and constant coaching turnover during his time in Chicago. He now goes to a stable franchise. With a great supporting cast and stable coaching, and this is just the perfect situation. He stays in the Rust Belt. Mitchell Trubisky belongs in the Rust Belt with that last. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, right. You got to keep him in the Rust Belt, man. So it's just perfect. I mean, I think that Steelers fans are panning it because they think of him as the Chicago Bears Trubisky, not the like preseason star in Buffalo that he was. But uh, yeah, this is great. He's throwing on the outs, you know, we, he's proven he can throw to the outside. He could he can push the ball to a, a proper alpha in Allen Robinson. So it's good for chase Claypool. It's good for Deontay Johnson, everybody, every, this is good. Like, did you really think that chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson would be okay? If Mason Rudolph or, or Dwayne Haskins was back there? No, it was, or a rookie quarterback that would have been all bad, right? If they drafted Malik Willis and, and, and it had maybe a bridge, a year of Mason Rudolph, like this was looking very bad. I have, I have so much Deontay Johnson. That I was really worried about that because I have Deontay Johnson and win now dynasty teams. And so I was scared, right? I was hoping for a Mariota or a Trubisky, mm. not Rudolph as a bridge to Willis. That would have been awful for this year. This is great. This is great for all of us that have Deontay Johnson. This is wheels up. This is great stuff. And if you... <laughs> Again, a lot of us knew in December, go pick this guy up and stash him in Superflex leagues and bada-bing, bada-boom.
2: I think what's really interesting too, I mean, Tomlin's been hinting at this for months. Uh, As soon as it became clear that Roethlisberger was going to hang him up, he started talking in in multiple different pressers about the importance of mobility at the quarterback position. And that's kind of what put everyone on Willis uh, as a, a potential Pittsburgh target. I don't know if he'll actually last that long in the NFL draft this year. They could trade year. up for him. They love they, him. They could trade up for him. This is, I, I this think is even,
3: a great bridge quarterback. This is a bridge quarterback yes. I can get behind.
2: I, I think what's interesting about it is, you know, the AFC North, you know, everyone except Cleveland has been on a heater in terms of team building of, of late. And, you know, Tomlin was able to watch Baltimore run a very similar style offense, even after Lamar Jackson went down. That's this past year. I think it's so Underrated mm-hmm. um, to be able to have system continuity uh, from a general manager perspective uh, at the depth at the most important position on your squad. And they needed either Mariota Trubisky. or Trubisky yeah. because yes, that offensive absolutely. line
3: allows a lot of pressure. And if you're going to yeah. have that, you can't have a statue quarterback. Well, you can. And then you can see what happened to them. They had a negative point differential last year, they were lucky to make the playoffs. This is this gives them an opportunity to make the playoffs again. It's interesting. This is what they want. This is not yeah. a team that ever was going to tear it down. They're too proud. So this this is if you know that's the case, they're always going to be trying to rebuild on the fly. This is the way to yeah. do it.
2: I mean, Pittsburgh was in it until the very end with a shell, with the carcass of Ben Roethlisberger. They were in it till the very end. It's hard to it's hard to really think that pretty much any quarterback with a pulse wouldn't be an upgrade uh, over what he's offered the last season and a half or so since the elbow completely went kaput. But I'm looking at, in, in the Rotoviz NFL stat explorer, back at 2018 and Mitchell Trubisky's uh, first contract heyday. And he was QB 12 in fantasy points per game. He was QB 10 in fantasy points over expectation per game. He was fifth amongst all quarterbacks in rushing yards that season, despite only playing 14 games. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's gonna be fantasy relevant, even if he's not a full season bridge. He's gonna be fantasy relevant. So you run out there uh, to your super flex dynasty waiver wire and you add him. Uh, he is a potential third quarterback target in best ball drafts, especially on on Pittsburgh team stacks. And uh, yeah, I think oh, it, yeah. I think it's pretty interesting. So um, Dave, any Trubisky takes, and we want to hit Amari as well.
1: I guess just the final thing that I'll say is, yeah, this is absolutely huge for super flex leagues. When you consider the fact that between 2019 and 2020, uh, Trubisky was a QB one, 32% of his games played. So this is a guy that's going to become usable. And then I also think the other key point is, um, you know, perhaps we see players undervaluing Claypool and Deontay Johnson in redraft. And that gives you a chance, especially when you're building out those best ball rosters now and getting your exposures. I would try to get into onto them now before people kind of catch up to that, assuming that they even do.
3: Remember two 2018, 2018 was the year yeah. that Mitchell Trubisky was in the Millie maker three times. <laughs> wow. He had a 43 yeah. point week, a yeah. 33 point week and a 34 point week. This guy was a Millie maker machine that year because you could get him at like a salary of like 5.4 K on DraftKings, and he would just stack. It was great. It was great. It was incredible. Like this guy, dude, this is a fantasy quarterback in real life. I get it. He's a bridge. Cool. But I want a bridge quarterback. That's actually going to be super relevant for fantasy. And this is it.
2: I did not see us spending seven plus minutes on Trubisky to the Steelers. But now that we have, I I think it was, it was highly worthwhile. And this is by far by far the best collection of surrounding talent he's had in his career. I mean, the Pittsburgh offense is stacked and ready to go. We didn't even talk about Pat Fryermuth. Um, This is going to be really, really interesting. So Dave, transition us to Amari Cooper so we can get into our rapid fire rookie.
1: Okay. Yeah. So we got to talk about the fact that now Amari Cooper heads over to the Browns, Curtis's home team, which no longer has Odell Beckham or Jarvis Landry. For what some people would like to see from Cooper, you could say, hold on.
2: (laughs) What's Landry's that? gone. <laughs> Land- Jarvis Landry, one of my favorite players of the last decade, real football or fantasy or otherwise. I-, I hate I hate to see it. I'm pouring a little out. Hashtag bless him. He's on his way. He's going to be under- or underappreciated in the annals of NFL history. He's definitely been under- or, uh, underappreciated uh, in fantasy football since entering the league. But man, I hope he ends up with Kansas City Or New Orleans and and has a chance to play some playoff football. What a great player to never really get to make a a difference in, in the playoffs.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
3: With Chase Claypool's athleticism. Where are we going with this? I don't know. sounds like the perfect receiver. Can but you imagine know. what he could do? I, I think just What he was now. able to do as <laughs> with no athleticism whatsoever, yeah. just grit and guile and just working yeah. and playing and having the right attitude every single day. Yeah. Right? I mean, just an, uh, the, the quintessential locker room wide receiver in an era where there's so very few of those guys yeah, and then you see Chase Claypool just sort of acting out and, and not focusing on the right details off the field. You could just imagine like Jarvis Landry's like, dude, if I had like an ounce of yeah. <laughs> your fast yeah. twitch, I mean, oh my fuck gosh. you. <laughs> yeah. Or, or even the,
2: the one that I've really seen today that would be cool too is I, I've seen him, uh, rumored to Buffalo, uh, to replace Cole Beasley. Mm. I mean, geez, I mean, that, that's actually a situation where, where maybe he would be an athletic upgrade over the, the <laughs> outgoing player po- potentially. Great. Yeah. Uh, great. But man, what that would be, co- I just, yeah, we're not, we're not talking about, yeah, him. We're not we'll talk about him later in the
3: week. We're we trying to talk about best, Amari, though. but we, they've made the mistake is of talking you have about Jarvis like Landry. In route for.
1: Well, I've made the case many of times on this show that Jarvis Landry might be better than Odell Beckham. Which would, which could take us down a potential path that we don't need to go down here. We're trying to talk though about Ma- Mari Cooper, but let's get into that fit. What we think
2: he, real, 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 no, real, real quick, be clear, he has been better. Real quick, he has been better consistently.
3: He has been most of the yep. most mo, for on a per game basis on any given game of the week. Usually, Jarvis Landry has been better going back to college,
1: right? even when they played with each other.
3: Yeah, yeah, in terms of consistency, in terms of showing up, whatever it is, uh, you know. Over the years Rick Spielman built a wide receiver model for you know to, to combine the input of scouts and, and analytics and and all these things and they realized with wide receivers that the interview process and how they're wired is a lot more predictive than almost any other position mm. wide receiver just a weird position like that it has something to do with the fact that they're totally off the ball and they need to earn every. Touch and and it's it's so much based on precision that uh it, it makes sense when you think about it and you hear Cooper Cup talking about the, the routes he's running it all kind of clicks into place why that is the, why that is the case then you see with Spielman hitting on Diggs, Thielen, Jefferson Osborne Emir Smith Marset has a hundred yard game to close out the season and it's like this guy gets it right and and so. It's tricky from our perspective because we don't have access to the interview data, right? We don't really know. So we're just looking at metrics we have to build in more uncertainty with these wide receivers, knowing that it's so much about how much they love it and how much they're willing to work. And, you know, over time, it matters more and more and more and more, right? Like you can get away with it more when you're young, but over the years, it's, you know, it's a little bit why, you know, I'm a little bit cautious of Chase Claypool for that reason. And super bullish on a guy like Deontay Johnson. We're just looking at Pittsburgh because we know Deontay Johnson's that guy uh, much more in line with the Jarvis Landry than a guy like Chase Claypool, who's more on the Odell Beckham trajectory of sort of his approach to the, to the sport.
2: Well, I think Amari Cooper figures into that, that former group as well. Definitely a workman like wide receiver, pays attention to the details, has produced in multiple offenses at this point. We haven't heard him publicly complaining about being shipped to the football equivalent of Siberia and Cleveland. I love my team. Uh, but this sucks. How would you not be depressed about going from Dak Prescott to Baker Mayfield? Uh, Cleveland has managed to somehow deduce that Jarvis Landry and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. are the problem and not Baker Mayfield. Um, which I think is interesting. <laughs> I mean, just rewind it like a couple years ago. I think and Baker's any- in the block, though. Yeah, he, he, I mean, yeah, but for what? I mean, for like your left shoe. Um, so late. Dave, yeah, Dave um, talk to us about uh, Amari. Uh, because I am, I mean, I am excited. I, I like Amari. I mean, the, the fan in me is happy to see a player like this land on the Browns. And, you know, I, I have to ha- hold out some optimism that uh, he will, you know, he will drive this offense forward at least a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you start by looking just at the target uh, per game shares vacated by Landry and Beckham, you have, you know, nearly uh, like 43 percent potentially up for grabs a game. Do I think that Cooper is going to come in and get somewhere around 30? Maybe not, but we should see him at least up around that 26, 27 Percent target share what he's able to do with that we will have to see as you mentioned baker mayfield definitely has been a little bit shaky uh but for cooper last year came in 32 in targets was 38 in expected points per game still came in at wide receiver 29 in ppr per game just to kind of put this into a quick summary, if I'm thinking about him going to next season, he's very far away from a wide receiver one for me. I think he's more of a low end wide receiver two is what I would
3: expect. Mention, you kind of on the same page there. Or do you disagree? I don't. In seasonal leagues, you don't have to invest in bad offenses. You don't have to. You can, You can just choose to draft players on the Chargers and the Cowboys and the Chiefs and, and, and these teams. You don't have to do it. You know, you don't have to. You know, it's it, it's a target share trap. It's a little. It's not the same as the, you know, the the uh, workhorse role trap that uh, that a James Conner offers in the dead zone. But it is a target share trap that you fall into with these offenses. When you actually think about it, take a step back from the target share. What are we talking about here? We're talking about Baker Mayfield at quarterback. We're talking about forty mile an hour winds off the lake. We're talking about a player who splits on turf versus grass are one of the worst we've ever seen. It's not good. This is a player who thrives on precision route running and separation. And if it's muddy, if it's windy, these are all things that can short circuit that play style. And it's just not great, man. It's not great. It's it. Feels fine yeah. because of the the law, the conservation of targets, like you said, like there's going to be a huge target share available to him, but that feels very trappy to me in this particular situation. Well, we can go
2: ahead and say that the uh, shine has worn off on <laughs> the um, yep. Amari Cooper trade for me in like Trap. what twenty eight hours. Thanks a lot, Matt. Appreciate it. Hey, man, uh, listen, I'll go right I'm,
3: on I'm, I'm, I'm into. I like team. Anthony Schwartz. <laughs> yeah, I want Anthony oh, I have, Schwartz late. That's what I yeah. want. I,
2: I've I'll been drafting Anthony targets. Schwartz in rounds eighteen to twenty. On yeah, uh, I think the deep targets the best ball. Man, yeah,
3: this is. I, I yeah. picked my spots, man. I'll take Njoku. These are my spots, man. I'm not into number one receivers on these offenses. No thanks. It's not. It's not how I make money in best ball. No.
2: Before we transition into our rapid fire rookie mock, uh, Josh Moore uh, just lighting up the uh, comment section here. If Jacksonville had brought in Spielman as ops manager slash oh. president, would they have signed these? This is a today. great. This so, is a
3: great take by Josh Moore. Yeah, so, no, so just the, for the answer listeners is no. he would not have done any of this. Maybe the offensive lineman, Brandon Sheriff, yeah, Sheriff, whatever, Sheriff, Sheriff. Sure. Let the let's way queue it up, do though. it. Let me queue it up for you money, because nobody knows who we're talking about. Lineman, let me J.C. Jackson. If you're going to spend all this money, yeah. use it on those guys. Don't use it on fucking wide receivers. It's the worst investment in free agency. It's the sucker move of all. Everyone knows this. This is like the worst <laughs> John, kept secret
2: in the league. He knows he just he just totally lit the lit the show on fire. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Um, so <laughs> what we're what we're specifically talking about, and what's got uh, Podfather so frustrated here, is the Jags go out and sign Christian Kirk Ugh. to a four year, eighty four million possible. Uh, awesome. Contract, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, se- I I think seventy. Happen. I want to say seventy-eight or seventy-six. I'm not staring at it. It was it was in the high seventies, um, and then with up to eighty-four uh, and, and incentives, it's it's just unfathomable money for Christian Kirk. And then they al- they also signed Evan Ingram to a one-year, nine million dollar plus incentive deal. Now, of course, the Doug Peterson, two tight end type stuff. You know, I, I think it, it stinks. Because you know Ugh. we were we were thinking maybe that there was already you know kind of an under the radar somewhat target there at the tight end position and Dan Arnold, um, but they basically signed the exact same player again for more money, uh, another tight end who is basically a wide receiver that can't block and adds nothing. It it's not a complimentary signing though. at all, what right? The- it doesn't make any sense. That's why you're frustrated. And signing Christian Kirk when you already have a handful of. Uh, underwhelming producers over the course of the past couple of years. I mean, this is far more money than I think DJ Chark's going to get. I think I'd rather <laughs> probably have DJ Chark. Just uh, extend than Chark. What is, the, what is Chark? the issue?
3: Yeah. 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 Why are you trying to blow up your franchise? Why? How hard is it to just it? not spend money on day one of free agency? It's smartest
2: guy in the room syndrome, um, you know, and, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, bulky ba- probably feels like he has to produce for this, this new coach You're probably trying to rid the team of any stank that oh. smells like urban Meyer. I mean, I get it, Dave. Uh, tell us what you think about the Jags here before we transition.
1: I mean, honestly, this Zay is young, just like,
2: Dave? this it's just struggling. falls into like,
1: whatever <laughs> for me, I have not yeah. much really to say yeah. here. I think from a fantasy oh, yeah. perspective, There's still there's so many unknowns, too, at this point, it's hard to really get excited about what could be going on there. Probably hurts the stock of Visca a little bit, which I think was already on the decline. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that a lot of people are already valuing it. At least I had been discounting him for a while now based upon uh, a number of factors. And this is kind of like nail in the coffin at this point. But I mean, really, I don't think that there's much more for us to make of this, at least from a fantasy perspective.
3: The way that this can be okay is if it pushes LaVisca Chenault into the quarter L Patterson role. Then we could actually get, if he gets 50 carries and he can get, you know, 75 targets all close to the line of scrimmage, great yards after the catch, you know, has a touchdown, has like one of these quarter L Patterson, you know, high touchdown seasons, high touchdown rate seasons then that's cool, right? If he becomes like a red zone guy, he can be good for fantasy. But uh, this is absolutely a nail in the coffin. I mean, it wasn't even Kirk. It was the Zay Jones is what did it. The Zay Jones is what sent me over the edge. The Zay Jones is where I broke the wine glass.
1: So that takes us to the end of our first episode of the week with Matt Kelly, Mr. Fantasy Mansion. We will be back tomorrow with the mock draft. Thank you for listening to the Roto Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dave Cabin and at C. Patrick NFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978 615 9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.